Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United, I'm your host Matthew and today we have a very nice episode for you all. It's the 3-0 away win against Everton <clears throat> in the Premier League. Uh, let's just start off straight away, round of applause uh, for Kobe Mano and of course Alejandro, sorry, uh, Ganacho. Man, what an incredible goal. What an absolutely incredible goal. Of course, I'll be breaking it down in the summary when we get to it. Um, just to kind of get the small constructive criticism, not the not the negativity. I don't really have much negative to say about this game. Of course, it was a very good win. Three goals to nil is very good. Of course, one of them was a well-earned penalty. One of them's an incredible over a kick, and then the other one being a very, very good team goal. Um, yeah, really, really good stuff today. Really, really good stuff. Um, Everton did have a period in the game where they fought back, and credit to them for doing so. Of course, they've been uh, done by the Premier League with the 10-point deduction. Um, and why, whether you think that 10-point deduction is justified or not... You can see why they had the corrupt signs up today at the at the uh, stadium there, uh, especially considering everything going on with City. But that's, of course, the Everton side to deal with. Um, but I was coming into this game thinking, you know, even before the points deduction and stuff, Everton away has sometimes been a tricky game. They can just be one of them teams. You know, just one of them teams where they're just annoying to play against. They get in your face. They're They're aggressive. They're tough. Um, they can create chances out of almost nothing. Uh, they've got some good players. That they're, they're not a team to sort of, you know, think you've beaten them before a ball's even been kicked, kind of thing. And um, credit to them, I thought they did well with what they would get with what they did today. Uh, and there were points where we were under the cosh a little bit. And excuse me, I do think um, Everton worked their way back into the game at points, but we held out. Um, couple of goal line clearances I think it was two maybe three depending on how you look at things um but we held things together and ultimately got our three goals and and saw ourselves out the game but this definitely doesn't feel like what we've had recently which is oh one nil smash and grab you know get the goal and run away sort of thing um at points in this game I thought we did take authority but at other points we did struggle a little bit too much and there was certain bits of like annoying play and a bit of a lack of communication one of the things i'd said before the international break which was a bit of a recurring theme is that okay what was the problem was it the manager the players what what was it of course the glazers are at the top of that tree but i felt like there was like a communication issue between the between the players and felt some of that today still but it was better than what it has been in, uh, in in recent memory, um, but no, we started the game off very very well. Got a really really nice early goal, um, and yeah, ultimately I thought we played um, played well at, at points. There is a couple of um, individual comments for me to make and stuff, but I'll I'll, I'll leave those for the uh, player ratings and stuff. But just to talk for a minute about Kobe Mano uh, coming back from injury. I believe that's how you pronounce his name, Kobe Mano. Um, Coming back from injury, cool, calm, collected, confident. And I think Everton away is a good level for him to kind of come back to. It's not a game that's going to be too easy, where he'll look sort of too comfortable. And it's not, you know, City and Liverpool away, where you're sort of shoving him in the deep end. And, see, while I understand the conversation around young players in terms of, okay, if they're like 17, 18, 19... You've got to nurture them properly and not shove them too much into the deep end. And I, I look at Kobe Mano and I look at um, Ganacho, of course, our two uh, young upcoming players. They've got Hannibal in the mix and and those kinds of players. But it's really Kobe Mano and Ganacho that are sort of fully broken into the first team. And I look at that and think, yeah, OK, you don't want to put too much pressure on an 18-year-old. And, of course, we've seen some fantastic uh, teenage players in, in the Premier League. Um, not all of them are going to be the same, of course, but he just looked like he was just really comfortable. Um, 
that I, I, it, it's a it's a fine line. It's a difficult thing because I was seeing some comments today about like, oh, he looks really comfortable. Don't even worry about putting him into the first team. Just have him there anyway. And while while I'm very excited about his future, both him and Ganacho's futures, if we just talk about the two of them, and obviously Ganacho's played a good chunk of football. And there are still parts of Ganacho's game that he's developing and stuff like that, which is going to be normal at, at both their ages. I think Ganacho's 19 and uh, Kobe Mono is uh, 18. While it's exciting to have... Because the, the fundamental idea of Manchester United going back, of course, has been about the academy and you know, things like... Not, not that I'm comparing them to, like, Busby Babes and Class of 92. Obviously, those are, like, our golden generations of players. But Man United's DNA from start to now has always been about academy players. Um, and I'm not specifically bothered if that's homegrown academy or not. Like Academy players are academy players to me. Like Where, where they come from doesn't really bother me particularly. Um, but Man United's idea has always been based off of... We, we don't do what these, you know... Let's call them oil clubs for lack of a better word. And go and just buy... Like, like what Chelsea and what City have sort of done is just go and buy a whole team. Um, because you do want that foundation of a good academy. And I don't think our academy has been as good in the last five, ten years as it has been, obviously, but before that. But we have had a couple of players coming through, and those are, of course, the next two, you would you would pretty much say. Um because I not not it's not just a case of oh young young promising player is exciting. I I get excited about every new player because I want all the new players to be exciting and new and that kind of stuff. But you want you you want your young players to do well because that's what you build your foundation off of is 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 young players, um, and I think that's quite exciting. So um, anyway, regardless of like when we use them next or how we use them or whatever. Um, they both did incredibly well today. Uh, I wish I could give them both man of the match, but you can't do that, of course. Uh, I do have one of them in mind to give it to. Uh, and I do think Maino had a better game than Ganacho, but of course, they, they both had different roles in the game. But Maino was basically playing as a lone six, with McTominay slightly ahead of him and Bruno slightly ahead of him. McTominay was playing a bit of an eight role and Bruno was sort of in the ten. Um, but even when he was getting the ball passed out to him from the back and he had to like make decisions and turn around and stuff and because you can very easily get those decisions wrong and you can pass the ball to an Everton player and concede a goal and then it's all your fault on the world's doom and gloom. It's very easy to slip into that, um, but it looked incredibly comfortable. So, um, yeah, but really, really, really good stuff today. Uh, good to see Shaw back as well. Of course, um, having a left back at left back hasn't been the norm <laughs> this season. Especially when we've had a centre midfield there and a centre back there and a right back there, and uh, it, it was good to see at least. Um, but yeah, overall, very very happy with, with today's performance. There's a, there's a few things to talk about in the player ratings, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, but the first thing in the summary is that goal, that spectacular Ganacho goal. Um, it's one of the things, isn't it? You see, you you see the start of the jump. Right, and that you, you can tell immediately when a player is trying to do that, and usually you think, "Oh, don't do that. You're going to make yourself look silly, and it's going to get deflected or go way over the bar." Not this time. Not this time. Um, something very interesting about all three of our goals. Well, I guess the, the well, the, the lead up to the penalty. Obviously, the penalty itself is just a one kick, isn't it? Every single one of our goals was created from the thing that I always talk about, which is a very basic thing in football, but we don't always do it. What is it called? For long-time listeners, you'll know. For short-time listeners, you might not know. I mention it almost every podcast. Pass and move. It's a very basic thing. It's not too advanced. You can make it more complicated by doing more complicated moves and runs and different types of communication, but we're not there with this team at that point right now we're doing it in very basic ways but a lot of our goals this season when it's been from open play unless it's been like a screamer or something like Delow from the edge of the box or Hannibal's goal from the edge of the box unless it's been like those which you welcome those goals as well a lot of our goals have been through pass and move but we haven't scored a lot of goals this season it's been a lot of one nils and while that's all good and everything um we need to do it more um 
So it's this starts off, I think it was a midfield pass that went to, it was either Delo or Rashford, they had a little exchange, the ball went from Rashford to Delo, crossed it over, and I, I usually, what I usually think when a player crosses the ball is, okay, you've aimed for the striker, the target man, the player who's supposed to be in the middle of the box, and he went over Martial's head, I think it was Martial's head, I was like, oh, he's missed the cross, and then you just saw, it, it was so, it's, it's so quick, the whole just... It jumps up in the air, goes to do a bicycle kick, and this weren't one of them ones where it like it didn't deflect off anybody, it didn't come off his shin, it came right off his boot and it went straight in the top corner. This wasn't one of them sort of like scrappy bicycle kicks. This was a like really quite incredible one and um wow, made me kind of well I didn't jump out of my seat, I was laying down actually. Well not laying down, but sort of sitting down if you know what I mean um five minutes in I always say you know to to have a good start to a game I think you need a goal in the first 10 minutes that's always what I look for get a goal in the first 10 minutes because that will just settle things nicely this was about three four minutes in it says three minutes here um this is absolutely incredible uh, I don't know what instinct he took to take that on um because look it could have he could have tried to do it it could have just scuffed off his foot and gone out for a goal kick it could have gone way over the bar into rose ed it could have there could have been a lot of things that happened but wow went straight in the top corner i'm trying to think because they did a comparison at half time didn't they with rooney's i think 2011 goal which was when we won a premier league uh rooney's goal against city while i think rooney's goal against city all those years ago is better this is a cleaner goal because Nanny, who um, I'm starting to bring up some more players' names now, uh, Nanny, who crossed that ball in, that cross got deflected, then went to Rooney, then it came off his shin and went in. It's still an incredible goal. Ro- Ro- Rooney's one is better. Um, I mean, they're both basically the same. It cr- cross it in and it, it gets hit um, over a ki- uh, over a kick or bicycle kick. What other ones can I think of before that? Um, I remember Mata did one like a sidewards bicycle kick against Liverpool. I think that was like 2014, 2015, something like that. As a way against Liverpool, Mata scored a goal like that. Um, the only other one that's coming to mind, which is actually a volley, is, and this is a long time ago, is Rooney against Newcastle. I think Given was in was in goal. Was that get was that against I think that was against Newcastle, and he just volleyed it very straight into the top corner. But that wasn't an over a kick or a bicycle kick. Uh, it's 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 been a long long time since we've seen one of these. We've seen these tried before. Um, I think Anacho himself has tried one recently, but um, yeah, you don't see him very often. Incredible goal, really really good stuff. Whew, what a start! Uh, that was pretty much it for the first half. Um, then we had a penalty. Uh, Marseille went down. A couple of little bits of pass and move between... Who is it again? Uh, a couple of midfielders. It's ultimately Bruno who passes the ball through to uh, Marseille. They looked on VAR for about 20 minutes. No, it was about 3-4 minutes. Uh, I thought it was a penalty. It, it, there's just enough contact there for a penalty. Ashley Young gets none of the ball. Uh, lucky not to be sent off, actually, as well. Ashley Young having already been booked. Um... He was still sort of protesting even after the goal was scored. And it's like, mate, it's, it's done. <laughs> like, The penalty's been given, it's been taken, it's been scored. Goal, uh, back to kick-off. You know, it's it's all done. Um, it's not a ton to say here, although it is a really, really good move to set up the... Um, the, the to, to, to get the penalty, excuse me. Uh, so Bruno passing through to Martial. He tries to do a little, you know, jiggery move through the middle. Uh, gets Gets taken down. And I saw some stuff about, like, oh, you know, he's run into Ashley Young looking for it. No, Ashley Young's job in that moment is to get contact on the ball. Or the defender who's next to him to get contact on the ball. Neither of them do it. They both completely miss the ball. There's contact there. It's in the box. Marcel can't really stay standing. Okay, there may have been an element of him looking for it or slightly diving. He would have been told to do that, as would have every player. Uh, It's a penalty. To me, it's pretty pretty simple. It's not it's not nasty. It's not a red card. There's no studs involved. It's just a. It, it it is on the side of like one of the lighter decisions that get given. Like oh, it's a trip. You know, it's not it's not like a crunching foul or anything. It's it's, it's a trip. There's enough just about enough contact there. So I would, I'd say it's a soft penalty, but it's still a penalty. 
and Rashford puts it away. Uh, so very good. They made it 2-0. Nice and just nice and simple. Nice and easy. A goal, goal at the start of the second half and a goal at the start of the first half. Uh, and then some substitutions. Palestri on for Ganacho. Uh, of course, a uh, round of applause for both him and Copimeno getting subs off at the same time. They'd done their job for the day. Uh, so both had done incredibly well. Um, Palestri subbed on... Um, the, the good thing about this sub is it, and I will talk about Rashford in the player ratings, there's a fair bit to talk about there, um, is it meant that Rashford was on his left side and Pelestri was on the right and Marcel was in the middle. So actually more balanced. Um, and then uh, Amrabat on for Kobe Mayno. Um I don't know what the plan was in terms of how long Kobe was going to be on the pitch, um, but I don't have <coughs> a particular problem with this sub. I think Kobe Mayno had a very good... Uh, outstanding, really, 70-odd minutes, so very, very good stuff. Uh, would I have made the same substitutions? Probably not the exact same, but I would have done something similar. So, um, there was that. And then um, Martial scored an actual goal. Um, again, lovely little bit of play between a few players. Nice bits of pass and move. He just composes himself. Does this little, like, outside-of-the-boot chipped... Shot and we, we we've seen Martial score goals like this in the past. It's a bit of um, a trait from him, I suppose. Uh, so very very good stuff from Martial, which made it three 0 All these goals are just very. There's not too much of like, oh, when he took this touch and turn around, it's just pass, 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 pop it in the back of the net. This is what we should be doing. I, I need to really emphasise that. Like, okay, the first goal was special because of the nature of it. The penalty, the the possession to get the penalty is pretty normal. And the possession and build-up to get the third goal is very normal. So although it's really, really nice to see, it, it's like a surprise because we haven't seen more of it recently. And these chances just happen to sort of come up in this game. At least that's that's kind of what I think was going on. Um, but yeah, cool, calm and collected from Martial. Um, lovely little goal to score. And uh, very simple. And that made it um, a nice 3-0. And that was pretty much... I mean, you don't say the game... You don't say the game's over in the 75th minute. Of course, there's loads of time left. But that was uh, pretty much game said and done and everything. Uh, then wan Always good to see wan on for sure. This meant, of course, Delow has moved to left-back. Uh, no problems there for me. I don't know if I would have made the exact same sub, but I've got no problems with that. Always good to see wan I personally would have started him. Of course, I don't know if wan was fully fit, because I don't know who's fully fit in this team. Because half of it is injured. That of which we'll talk about Later as well, of course, we've got Hoyland, Mount, Casemiro injured. Uh, Onana almost didn't play in this game, but he did. So that was very good stuff. Uh, then another sub, uh, Hannibal Mabry on for Martial. I'm not sure who was going up front, but I don't think it particularly mattered at that moment. Um, again, another one of our... So, uh, I would say in terms of... Because Hannibal has played more than Kirby has... And obviously, Ganacho has played the most out of the three. Those are probably the three players at the moment that are sort of breaking into the first team. Of course, Kirby couldn't because um got injured in that Real Madrid preseason game. I was really looking forward to seeing him play in that game as well. Um, against the midfield of like, what was it, Cruz, Casemiro and like Camavinga or something. Just to see what he, what he would have been about. And he got injured in the first three minutes. Um... I don't think there's any question either about Kobimono's fitness. Uh, he looked pretty um, all healthy to me. So again, I I don't know. I don't work at the medical staff department. So, um, but yeah, where, where do the three of them stand? Um, Hannibal did have a spell of a few games a couple of months ago. Did quite well. He did score that goal. I think it was in a Brighton defeat, wasn't it? The, the 3-1 game. We sort of didn't see much of him since. It's important to know, I think, if these guys don't play. Not not Ganacho, I don't think. But Hannibal and Kobe. Um, they do still play for the under-21s, I'm pretty sure. So it's not like they're being completely left out of the squad. Um, but good to see them all. Um, but you'd argue about, okay, if they're hitting some form and Kobe's showing as good as he is in this game, I think all three of them deserve to go on the bench. The problem is, okay, you had Hannibal on and you had obviously Kobe was starting. Ganacho's in a different position anyway. But let's say with Hannibal and with Kobe, two midfielders, when Mount and Casemiro are back, because they're both injured and not even on the bench, what does that mean for them then? 
um, I think there's actually more midfield competition than we realise. Because in terms of like, let's say central midfielders, so not 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 Bruno. You've got Mano. So the the, the two players that can play as like two sixes or an eight. That that sort of similarish type of role. Uh, like the the central midfielders. You've got Mano, Casemiro, Amrabat, Hannibal, Mount, because he can sort of play there. Ericsson. Now, let me start again. Casemiro, Amrabat, Ericsson, Mano, Mount, Hannibal. Did I say one of them twice? Um, that's six players. That's six players for two positions. Because let's face it, as much as I have issues with Bruno, he's starting further up the pitch. Um, and even if he isn't, let's say Bruno does have something wrong with him or whatever... Um, Mount's probably starting there, and then you still have five options for two spots. Uh, Donny van der Beek as well, of course, but he's a little bit more out of the pecking order, unfortunately. Although I'd, I'd argue to put Donny further up the pitch, so I wouldn't put him in that same position. Um, it's, it, it's quite a lot, it's quite a lot, but that's, that's, uh, McTominay, oh, excuse me, uh, McTominay as well, who actually, I, I really forgot about him, even though he was in this game. That sort of tells you a little, little something, doesn't he? Doesn't it? Um... Fred's obviously not here. Um, yeah, that's like seven players for two positions. Now, you'd argue with Ericsson and with Casemiro, they're both getting older. They're at the most going to be here probably till the end of next season. It apparently looks like Casemiro's off in January, apparently, and, and Varane, but we, we'll, we'll see. We all assume like, oh yeah, Donny's going in January, Sancho's going in January, Varane's going in January, Casemiro's going in January. Um... I'm sorry, do you know how difficult we've found it to get rid of players? <laughs> uh, you think of like the big names that we've had to just run down the contracts of. People like Pogba and De Gea and Jones. You're talking about like title winners and World Cup winners. These aren't like small players. Um, so this assumption that, like, oh yeah, Donny and Sancho and Amrabat, and not Amrabat, and Casemiro and Varane, they're all going to go in January. First of all, if you're going to sell all four of those players, you're going to need to replace them with four players, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's, it's, we'll, we'll see. Anyway, back to this game. Um, Sam Hannibal and for Martial, not got a problem with that. Good to see a young player being brought on in that situation again. So, um... Uh, apart from Everton's spell where they were quite dominant, don't forget they were the home team as well and they're fighting for their lives. Um, I think this was a pretty much near-perfect game. Uh, we played really well in a lot of spells. There were some individual performances to to uh, talk about, let's say, in a minute. But overall, as a team, uh, with the goals, some really good pass and move, a spectacular bicycle kick, some pretty good defending, some good uh, young performances as well, uh, a cameo from... Um, Hannibal, I thought this was a very good game. And this, hopefully, is going to be another momentum booster. Uh, obviously, we beat Luton before the break, uh, which was scrappy but good. And now we've got a big test on uh, Wednesday against... Um, is it Galatasaray or Copenhagen? I can't remember which one's which. One of them, too. Anyway, we've still got player ranks to get to and man of the match and lots of other stuff. So let's take a break, come back, and do that in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK. That's E-T-A-L-K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode, and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well, so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, 
you can click on that link which is in your show notes which is for our affiliate link you can go over to Koala to get started with your website and domain name today they've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Koalu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support Entertainment Talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, on to player ratings. Of course, there's two players that stand out today, but I can only give man of the match to one man of the match, and that's going to be Kobe Mano. I know Ganatra scored the goal, but in terms of performance uh, and having just come back from an injury and being put in, again, pretty much a lone six role against a hungry, fighting Everton team who are fighting for their lives, putting an 18-year-old in midfield... um, who does look very calm, cool, and collected. Like, surprisingly so. There were, there were points where, like, two Everton players were coming out here, and he's like, all right, I'm just going to turn around this way, just pop the ball backwards or sideways or forwards, um, which I didn't, have a pro- I didn't have a problem with the way he was passing it. As long as he... All he had to do with today was not... He didn't have to look for, like, oh, i got to ping this ball 30 yards up the pitch. No, no, just, just keep it, you know. If you need to... Pop it back to Maguire or Lindelof and just just keep the ball. Don't let it, you know, just just don't lose it. That's what a six has got to do. Um, just just keep the ball in a situation. Um, I thought he did incredibly well with the task given and didn't look nervous at all. There was moments where like he had to make a quicker decision, but he did lose the ball a couple of times, which was you know pretty normal. But for an eighteen-year-old who's just come back from injury, quite a long injury as well. Um, I thought he played incredibly well. The only question is now, do you start him on Wednesday? Wednesday's a big game. We really basically need we basically need to win that game or we're kind of out of the Champions League. I'm not looking at the table right now, so I don't know the exact numbers. Um, do you play him? But it's interesting given that, because in terms of our holding midfield players, Casemiro is obviously still first choice, he's injured. Amrabat's technically not actually ours, but he's on loan from us, but he's our player. And Eric chose specifically to play Kobe there and to put Amrabat on the bench. That was a very interesting decision. And I, it's going to be very, very curious to see, is he in the team at all? Um, is he going to play a midweek under-21s game, or is he actually going to take him with him? And if he does, because if he, if, he, if he does and he starts him, that really, really shows some, some trust in, in Kobe, and uh, I think that's just exciting. Um, I, I really do. But again, you don't want to like, oh, he's brilliant, play him every week and burn him out. Because I, re- I remember last season when Ganacho really started picking up some form, and we were like, this kid's really special, we've got to keep playing him and keep playing him and keep playing him. And there was a period for like a couple of weeks, maybe a month or so, where he started to just slip away a little bit. And it was like, okay, just just rotate him, just take him out of the team for a little bit, and then put him back in. But you have to kind of do that with every player. You don't want to burn out any player, but you don't want to specifically burn out young players. Um, Now, I'm not saying him playing two games in a row is going to be burnout, but I'm saying the nature of Wednesday's game is very, very big. Um... Do I think he'd be? I I think he'll be able to handle it because every single time I've seen him on the pitch, which admittedly hasn't been a lot, 
Um, even in that cameo against Real Madrid, he look he just looks very very composed. Um, so we'll we'll see. But uh, ten for him, very very uh, good performance from him today. And I wasn't looking for assists or goals, just just a good simple solid performance. Just keep it tidy, keep the ball moving, don't lose it, win it back if you if your team doesn't have it. Just keep it simple. Doesn't have to be anything crazy. I don't need you to ping the ball. 60 yards I don't even have to pitch at 60 yards I didn't I didn't need you to ping the ball across the pitch to somebody on the chest or you know nothing like that just just nice and simple anyway uh back to the front with Anana I'll give him a nine um distribution a little bit wonky at points where we did give the ball away some very 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 good saves today though a couple of particular ones that could have um gone badly otherwise uh, like from a corner and there's a few shots and stuff so very very good for Onana from Onana and look when you're the brand new Manchester United goalkeeper because uh, I remember when, I, I still remember when I mean my furthest memories back from goalkeepers is when De Gea first started he was having bedding in issues and he was dropping the ball and doing clumsy things that goalkeepers do sometimes goalkeepers just need a bit of time so hopefully he's just starting to sort of settle in a bit more um so Anyway, that was good. Uh, Delo, um I thought it was pretty good. Of course, a really, really good cross for the assist for Ganacho's goal. Solid for the most part. Don't remember too many terrible mistakes. I'll give him a 7. Uh, Lindelof, um, I'll give him a 5. I thought he was good, but he looked he looked more nervous than Mano did. And Lindelof has played how much football? Um, and I'm talking about, like, that, 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 that's more me pointing out like experience like Kobe Mona doesn't really have much football experience especially not compared to Lindelof we've had, we've had him for years and he's been playing football for years at Champions League levels and all that kind of stuff uh yeah Lindelof looked a bit nervous today and did give the ball away a few too many times I'll, I'll give him a five I don't think it was terrible but could have been a little bit better uh Maguire um yeah another kind of decent performance nothing too too incredible uh nothing terrible either um I'd give him a, just a just a nice middle average six. I thought he had a fair and good, decent performance. Um, he did well when he was did did, did almost score a goal though that Kobe Mano had to clear off the line, uh, which was an interesting moment. But other than that, um, yeah, average six for Maguire. I thought he was I thought he was okay. Uh, Luke Shaw. I thought Luke Shaw was really good. It's good to have a left back at left back again. Um, if only we'd played. Rashford on the left, but then if we hadn't played Ganacho on the left, he might not have scored that goal. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, Luke Shaw I thought was solid. Um, I can't remember anything particularly bad that he did. I think he was out of position for one of Everton's attacks, but I'll, I'll give him a seven. Thought it was pretty good. Uh, McTominay. Um, um, McTominay did did one of his sort of ghost midfield performances. Um, Looked nervous on the ball. I just... It, it's annoying with McTominay because when he scores, you're like, oh, should play him up front, play him higher up the pitch. And whether it was Ole or or Ragnik or, or Tenag, we keep playing him in central midfield. It's clearly not his position. I don't think he plays there for Scotland. And I hear all the time about how he scores for Scotland. So maybe we should just stop playing him in, him in midfield. But then we should have done that like four years ago. <laughs> We've kind of been wasting. He's like 26 now. We've kind of been wasting his time a little bit in in terms of that. Uh, but he's probably just happy to play for Man United, honestly. Um, I, I'll, I'll give. I think a three is a bit low. I'll give him a four. He did a couple of decent bits, but I don't think he's very good today. Uh, Kobe Mano already talked about him quite a lot. Um, I want to. I want to talk about Rashford last actually because I've got most to say about him. So. I'll try to remember that I've just done that. Uh, Bruno Fernandes, another very, very annoying performance, but he uh, got an assist and he also helped set up Rashford's penalty through Martial's foul, but I think it was him that passed the ball through to Martial. Um, it, it, it's so... I find Bruno really annoying to, to watch and to talk about because sometimes you can have a really just stupidly, annoyingly terrible game when you just... You look at the way he's doing things on the pitch. And we have to remember, we really have to remember this. This is what these players do for a living. And when you do something for a living, well, in any job, I assume that you get better at it over time because you do it more and you gain more experience. 
right? That that's how work is supposed to work. Or if you have a hobby and you like, if you if you're doing something consistently for a long period of time, uh, particularly with a job, aren't you supposed to get better at it? Um, but it, it, it'll have like a bad bad game and then get an assist. And it's like, okay, his GA, his goals and assists are going up. But then he's just making just, I don't know, it, it just, we won and it was 3-0 and that's that, that's all brilliant and everything. But sometimes it just, I don't know about some of you, but it, and it annoys me to watch the way certain footballers function. Like there's other players that I really genuinely enjoy watching on the football because it's not just a case of me wanting to just watch Man United to win I enjoy watching specific parts of football because I I don't just like watching Man United I like watching football the actual art of moving the ball and doing cool stuff with it and Bruno just does kept keeps doing the opposite um I'll give him the same as McTominay I'll give him a four um it just ah, uh, and he's not going to get dropped, is he? He's just Eric's just not going to do it. Oli didn't do it. Ragnar didn't didn't do it, and uh, Ten Hag isn't going to do it. And I've already prepared myself, right? Let's say Donny, and I'll if Donny leaves in January, which we'll see. Um, I'm going to do a specific podcast about that, and I have a lot of things to say about. Both how we treated the player and how we... I just don't understand from from one, one manager to two managers to three managers. Why isn't Donny getting picked more? What what has he done? What has he done wrong? What has he done wrong? But on a, on a lower level to that, I get that Bruno was like a big signing and stuff and he's now the club captain. So he can't really be dropped. Although he still can. Can't you drop him for somebody else? Like, okay, let's say it doesn't have to be Donny. Can't you drop him for somebody else? But then, of course, Mount Mount's now injured, and he would be good in that role. And Eriksson's Ericsson's injured, and he can play there. But Donny's just sitting on that bench doing nothing. And um, yeah, if we um, whether it's January or it's in the summer or it's next January or whenever it is, if Donny continues to get treated the same way, which I think he will. I'm going to have a lot of things to say, a lot of things to say on the particular podcast, and that's going to be a episode just on that, if that happens, hopefully it doesn't, but I, I've said this before and i say it again, Ten Hag, I am absolutely begging you to start Donny ahead of Bruno, but I, I know it's not going to happen, I want Sandro to be playing as well, but I know it's not going to happen, because sometimes there's annoying things in football that are just out of your hands as a, as, as a fan, and... It's nice to win, it's nice to play well, but there's certain things within within this club that we've done for a long time that just really annoy me. Treatment of certain players. Anyway, um, Ganacho, give him a 10, of course, as well. Um, a, a 10 just for that goal alone. Still a really, really good performance. Um, still did some really, really good stuff. Uh, Martial, I will give him... I'll give him a 9. I thought we could have done a little bit better in terms of a hold-up play at certain points. Got a goal, won us a penalty, um, and in general played really, really well. So, yeah, that, that's a 9 for Martial. Rashford, um, he did score, didn't he? Yes, he scored a penalty. I think I've got to give him a 0, which I know sounds quite harsh, but... Another thing that really annoys me, and this goes, I think this does go all the way back to the Oli era. I can't remember much before that in terms of Rashford. I think we used to play him in different positions. Can you never, ever, ever again play Rashford on the right-hand side of the pitch? And I get this notion of like, oh, if he runs down the right-hand side and it's right-footed, it's more comfortable for him. I don't think that's how Rashford works. There was a lot of times in this game, he gets the ball out on the right-hand side and he's in a crossing position. That's not where you're going to get the best out of Rashford. And it just, it just, what it felt like was, okay, Palestri is going on the bench, a fallen out with Sancho, Anthony, I'm not sure where Anthony was, I think he's still with Brazil's squad or something. And it seemed to be just this natural thing of, okay, Ganacho's the next one to pick on the left, Hoyland's injured, so that means Martial's going through the middle, 
Uh, Rashford's going to go out on the right because I'm not going to put Ganacho on the right. So he has to go on the left and Rashford has to go on the right. Uh, and it, uh, something that gets said quite a lot, and I'm going to echo here as well. Sometimes it's just the case of you need to put players in the natural position. And you can debate as to, like, okay, should Rashford be down the middle? Is, is his left side more natural? And But then just remember last season when he got 15 goals in the league... He was mostly playing through the middle. It's not the right-hand side. He looks, to, to me anyway, from what I'm watching, he looks so uncomfortable on the right-hand side. And this idea of like, oh, he can run down that side of the pitch and because because of where he is and where the goal is, he'll be able to use his right foot more. Okay. But he's not some sort of right-footed, right-sided midfielder that's going to be like crossing the ball in. He's not Palestri, he's not Sancho, he's not, like, that's not how he works. As, aside from that, though, aside from him not being in the position. Now, I, I, I've said before, I, I think he specifically plays better when Marcel's on the pitch. That didn't quite happen and there wasn't quite the communication. So that that specific thing didn't happen in this game. But if you'd played, if you'd played one of them, if you'd not played either of them on the right, I don't care which way around. Like put Rashford in the middle, Martial left, or switch them around. I don't care. If you put them in those positions and just have them swap around every now and then, because I think they're both comfortable in both those positions, it will work better. Um, but then, okay, you put if you put Rashford on the left, you're not going to play Ganacho there. So who's going to play on the right? And you sure as shit shouldn't put Bruno on the right hand side because that don't work either. And you can't put, you can't put Mount out there because he's injured. And I suppose the only other option that makes sense, and again, the Ganacho wouldn't have scored if this happened, is start Palestra on the right, put Rashford on the left, and put Martial in the middle. Then you actually have natural, natural, natural in their position. I just hate Rashford on the right hand side. Um. But then he had to have a falling out with Sancho, didn't he? So, yeah. Uh, how 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 I would love to love to have seen. Sorry, would have loved to have seen a, a consistent front three of Rashford left, Sancho right, and Marcel in the middle. Because I I I think that would have been aside from Hoyland, who's still an option as well. I think that ultimately would have been our best front three. But that's probably never going to happen. So anyway, um. Yeah, he just Rashford looked devoid of ideas. He just looked uncomfortable. Um, I I I I don't really know, but it's just um, yeah. It it's annoying because when when you go on YouTube and stuff and watch like some of Rashford's goals, he just looks normal. He just looks like he's doing what he normally is. And operating normally, and then there's games like this where it looks like he's almost never played football before. And I, I, I'm, I'm not. I, re, I utterly refuse to do the thing of like, oh, suddenly Rash, Rashford's just shit, and we should let him go. Like, no, I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think that's the. Oh, he scored 15 goals this season. Oh, and now he's just suddenly he's just suddenly bad for no reason. There's no reason. He's just suddenly a bad footballer. Like, no. I, I do agree that there's there's a certain way that Rashford's got to operate in this team. And when it doesn't happen, he looks like this. But it's just annoying. Because when I, when I see him doing games like this, I'm like, I, I know what you're capable of doing. I just want you to do it. But I don't think he can do it on the right hand side. I just, I just don't. Uh, I don't know what he himself thinks. If you were to say, "What's your best position?" He'd probably just say something like, "Oh, wherever the manager wants to put me." But I, I've, I've hated it. every single time we've put him on the right side. At least as far as I can remember, I've hated it because he just looks like he's just not naturally supposed to be there. Because um, what Rashford wants to do is get the ball on the left hand side, run forward direct at the right back and the centre back, cut in on his right foot and, and shoot. And he's really good at doing it when he gets the opportunity. Or being slightly more in the middle, have the having the ball played through to him, using his pace, running onto the ball and having uh, and doing a good finish. Not being shoved out on the right hand side and crossing the ball in. Rashford's strength isn't crossing the ball. He's not a winger. 
He's not a Sancho or an Anthony or a Granat. He's not the same as those players at all. Anyway, that's Rashford. Uh, let's go to our substitutions. Uh, Amrabat did all right when he was subbed on. Uh, Bayendi was on the bench. Joe Hugel didn't get to see him. Uh, Hannibal, from what we saw, was decent. Pedestri was very good as well. Um, he he contributed to that third goal, didn't he? Yeah, he held the ball up on the right-hand side of the pitch uh, very well. And it sort of got passed through to the middle, didn't it? So he did well. Regulon, we didn't see. Van der Beek... Good to see him in the team list. Um, it, it's just I, I I've looked at a lot of clips of and a lot of like footage of Ten Hag's Ajax team playing and scoring with Donny in the team. I just I, I'll never believe this idea of like oh him him and Donny are now both at Man United. Oh, he just didn't fancy playing him anymore. What? What do you mean? And here's something I don't understand as well, right, on on the Donny point. And I'm not letting this go. I refuse to let this go. There was all this commentary, right, when he first got here of like, oh, he's trying to bring his Ajax team over. Anthony and Mar- or players he's, players he's played with before, like Ericsson and um, Martinez and... Uh, Anthony and all, all all these other different players, like some a lot of which have been in his Ajax team. So, if you're using that logic, players he players he's worked with before who will help him to play his Ajax way at Manchester United, and that doesn't include Donny for some strange reason, it includes everybody else. And we tried to get Brian um, Brobby, who's their striker. Uh, there was some interest for us to get Tadic, who he's played with before. He brought in Ericsson for free. He brought in Anthony. Uh, Casemiro was a bit more of a board signing. Um, he brought in Malassia, who he's used before. Uh, Onana, who I think he's he's used before. Um, who else was was there? Who else is there? Uh, Ganacho, who he's brought through and stuff, but not Donny. Just no, no reason. Everybody else. He also wanted to get Tadic and Brobby and like there was some talk of like Daily Blind and a bunch of other players. All of them. So like 60% of the Ajax team. Obviously we can't go and buy the whole team. <laughs> but not Donny for some... For, 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 for no reason. Just, just not him. For, for no reason. He's, re- he's really good at doing the very specific thing that he did at Ajax. As is everybody else that he's, that he's picked. Okay, it's not clicked the exact same way. But not Donny. No reason, just just not Donny. McTominay can. McTominay is going to play all the time. Who will probably never play football like that. But not Donny. Nah. Nah, everybody else, just, just not him. <laughs> what? How does that make sense? Like, come on. We all need to... Let's, let's try and think about this a bit more. You know? Um, this makes no, This makes no sense to me whatsoever. Anyway... Um, and for any one of you that says, oh, oh, Donny's just not good enough to do that, Donny's not, don't, don't give me that rubbish, don't give me that absolute rubbish, Donny, Donny doesn't fit it, Donny's not good enough, <laughs> this is rubbish, I don't care who tells me that, I don't care if Ten Hag himself tells me that, I don't care if Alex Ferguson tells me that, I don't care if Donny himself says I'm not good enough, I can't fit into the team, I'm not believing anybody on that, um, I think it's what one of them sort of club things that's that's going on. Um, I utterly refuse to believe that Donny can't fit into this team, and he's not good enough for this team. That's, that's just that's just rubbish. When we had a crap midfield of McFred for like three years, don't don't give me that. <laughs> that's just stupid. Anyway, um, oh dear. Uh, Right, and then Varane was on the bench. Apparently, there's been fallout with him. Again, we'll we'll, we'll see. I I don't really know what to make of it. Um, I saw, by the way, his pre-match. I think it was press conference, and they're like, "Oh, what's this?" With uh, one of the reporters said, "Oh, what's this um, between you and Varane?" And he's like, "No, there's there's no problem." Is and I, I understand reporters have got a poke and prod a little bit with certain questions. Was he expecting Ten Hag to go? I oh, know me and Varane have fallen out. He's leaving in January. Varane's rubbish. We've fallen out, and he's unprofessional. Like, come on, come on. Let's all try and be a bit more adult and professional about things, shall we? Um, again, if Varane leaves in January, we've got to replace him. It's as simple as that. And 
it, it it amazes me about like oh we have runs just gone in January it's as simple as that um we barely have any centre backs as it is and we let two of them go in the summer so okay uh, and then one Basaka who was subbed on and did very very well uh, the injuries list it gets longer again Casemiro Diallo Eriksson Evans I didn't realise Evans was injured Hoyland Malassia who we've not seen all season Martinez Mount and of course there's the situation with Sancho. Alright, it's been a lengthy one today. Uh, it's been good, constructive and interesting. Um, so yeah, we'll see, what, we'll see what happens next. Anyway, we've got a game on Wednesday, big game in the Champions League. And I believe it's Newcastle on Saturday or Sunday, something like that. I think it's the early kickoff on Saturday, if I remember correctly. Uh, anyway, thank you all very much for listening. If you've got any thoughts, feelings, questions, comments on anything I've just said in the last 47 minutes, I've said a lot of things. If you've got anything to say about those things or any opinions of your own, uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's information in the show notes. Um, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, main night podcasts. Take a look out for all of that. Um, you can support us either by listening to more podcasts, telling other people, either word of mouth, social media, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Look at that as well if you'd like to. TV and film news over on Geek Town Radio uh, on Tuesdays and geektown.co.uk. Uh, the Geek Town Awards, I believe, are now live. If you if you search for Geek Town Awards or geektown.co.uk, you'll be able to find it there. Uh, so go and vote for your favourite shows, games and films for the year, all those kinds of things. And you could also win a prize if you do that as well. So go and do your voting for that. Um, Bex you can find over on Twitch and different platforms for her different work. Trista B-Y-T-E-S on Twitch and other platforms. Go and support what she's doing. Us on Twitch at eTalk UK and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening. Big, big game on Wednesday. I do not want to be eliminated from the Champions League. And we'll see what happens. But we'll... Here's the million dollar question to leave you all with. Will Kobe Mano be starting for Manchester United? Or will he be on the bench? It's a multi-point question. Will he be there? I hope so. Uh, Anyway, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.